I'm James Brian Smith. Welcome to the Things Above podcast. Today's thought from above is this. The kingdom of God is the with God life. If you missed the pod episode or this is your first time listening, this is a podcast for what we call Mind Discipleship. It's a podcast for those who want to set their minds on things above. That's where the name of the podcast comes from, from Colossians 3, 1 and 2, where Paul encourages us to set our minds on things above. Setting our minds on good, beautiful, and true thoughts, on uplifting, encouraging, life-giving, biblically-based thoughts from above is not easy. And that is why we do this podcast, to provide for you in each episode a thought from above that you can dwell upon so that your heart will be warmed and you will become an epiphany of grace. Well, we are back, and it is 2023, and we are excited to have another year together at the Things Above podcast. You know, it seems like for the past, I don't know, three years now, the news has just not been good. It seems like all the time we've been hit with day after day, week after week, month after year after year of news that's just discouraging. Well. This podcast is about setting your mind on things above, thinking about some good, beautiful, and true thoughts. So I thought I would start us off by sharing some good news of things that actually happened in the past year. Are you ready for some good news? Who doesn't want good news? Here's some. These are actual headlines from last year. First, A new treatment eliminates 100% of colon cancer in 100% of trial patients. That is good news. That is really good news. Also, a new HIV vaccine has been developed that is effective in 97% of trial patients. That's good news. Here's another one. The ASPCA saved 200,000 dogs last year by relocating them to states that lack adoptable dogs. Isn't that good news? Good news for the dogs and the owners. Here's another one. Child poverty numbers declined in 2022. Great news. And finally, this one. Drug that slows Alzheimer's by 27% finishes phase three trials. Well, this is all really good news, isn't it? And we like good news. Good news encourages us. It gives us hope. It brings us some joy, some confidence. So as Christians, of course, we talk a lot about good news because the word gospel literally means good news. The Greek word euangelion means good news. So when you hear someone say the word gospel, at its core, what they're talking about is the good news. Now, on this podcast, I've mentioned before that One of the things that I do is I often ask people, what do you think the gospel is? What is the good news of our faith? The the good news we have to say about Jesus or his gospel. I do this in the college classroom, and I remember doing it alongside Dallas Willard when we were teaching a class. Dallas was the professor, I was the teaching assistant, and Dallas would often ask a group of pastors, usually around 40, he would say, so what do you think is the gospel of Christianity? 
Invariably, they would say something like, well, you know, you want to communicate that people are sinners and they're bound for eternal torment, but if they would confess Jesus as Lord, they could go to heaven when they die. That is the most common way of sharing the gospel. And when I ask students to write out what the gospel is, that's some variation on that is what I will get. And when folks in our class with Dallas would raise their hands, they would say something similar. And I remember the very first time when, after several of these pastors had actually shared a variation of that idea, and Dallas said, well, no, that was not Jesus' gospel. And it really shook a lot of us because we're like, well, wait a minute, isn't that the gospel? And what that is, this idea that we're all sinners bound for eternal torment, but if we confess Jesus as Lord, we can go to heaven when we die. That is actually has a name in terms of Christian doctrine. It's penalty substitutionary atonement. I know that's a lot, lot to say. We'll just call it PSA. But PSA is a way to explain parts of the gospel. And I just want to say a little bit about that, first of all, that that version of the gospel, or good news, well, it isn't entirely wrong. It's, it's not like that isn't true. I still can say, my sin, oh, the bliss of this glorious thought, my sin, not in part, but the whole, he's nailed to the cross and I bear it no more. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, oh, my soul. Straight from the hymn, it is well. I can say nothing but the blood of Jesus. I, I, I can say all of that, and it's true. It isn't wrong to say that Jesus took our place, but it's just incomplete. It's incomplete. And anytime you have a major reduction, it will always lead to a distortion. A reduction will always lead to a distortion, and it'll create an understanding of the gospel that actually misses the bigger part. Another problem with that particular version of the gospel is it's, it's really a gospel for the afterlife and not for life. You can hear it and then say, well, okay, well, I guess I'm just waiting to die because I, I, the good part comes much later. And also it's a gospel that does not naturally lead to discipleship, which is the, the way to live changed lives. So those are some of my concerns. Again, I want to be clear because people say, you don't believe that Jesus took our place and that we can go to heaven when we die? No, I believe that. But I believe the gospel is bigger. I believe the good news is just better. Here's a quote from Dallas Willard about this. He said, in today's presentation of the gospel, Jesus' death is primarily presented as a ransom that deals with guilt and the effects of guilt regarding our standing before God. But there's more to life than guilt. Once you've been forgiven, you still have to live. Well, that bears repeating. Once you've been forgiven, you still have to live. How are we going to live? My contention is that the gospel actually does have a lot to say about this life. So, in one of the more famous passages in the New Testament, in Matthew 3, we have the story of Jesus' baptism. Jesus went before John the Baptist, his cousin, to be baptized. And this was, as Jesus said, to fulfill all righteousness, that this was a part of the mission. Jesus was beginning his public ministry. And this was a part of it. Something was on the move. God was doing something new. And John started that with his baptisms in the wilderness. Something was happening. A part of this new covenant was developing. 
And so Jesus went to be baptized himself. And John was like, well, you don't need to be baptized. I'm not worthy. Jesus said, no, 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 this is a part of it. Okay. So Jesus is baptized by John in the Jordan River. He comes out of the waters. And this is what it says in Matthew 3, 16 and following. And when Jesus had been baptized, just as he came up from the water, suddenly the heavens were opened to him. And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I'm well pleased. Now, what does this passage have to do with the gospel? Well, it turns out it has a lot to do with that. Because some really important things are happening in this passage, in the baptism of Jesus. When he comes up from the water, Matthew tells us the heavens were opened. Now, that's really important. It's not just some sort of a throw-off phrase. It actually has a great deal to teach us. The idea that the heavens were opened would not have been that shocking to the hearers in the first century because they believed cosmologically that there were different levels of heaven that there was the first level of heaven, which is right around our, in our midst in the atmosphere, a second level of heaven, which is the stars, the moon, the celestial heaven, that's the second heaven, and then a third heaven beyond our sight where God is. So they talked about that. And Paul even said, I know a man who went to the third heaven, meaning he had a direct encounter with God. He was probably talking about himself because Paul actually spoke to Jesus, right, when he was knocked off his donkey on the way to Damascus. But when Matthew tells us that the heavens were opened, this is really significant. It means that that first level of the heavens became visible, became present. And what happened? It says the Spirit descended like a dove, not a dove, but like a dove. The Holy Spirit came down on him just as a bird comes down and alights on a branch, that idea. So the Spirit comes down and anoints Jesus, and then a voice says, this is my beloved Son, and that is the voice of the Father. So what's happening? The Trinity is at work, and it's right here around our ears. The heavens have been opened. The Spirit is here. The Father is speaking. That's what's happening. And the easiest way to explain that is to say that the kingdom of God is here and present and available. Jesus says this in Mark 1.15. The time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe in the good news. Mark 1.15. Now what's going on here? The kingdom of God is here. It's right in front of you. You can enter it now. That's what Jesus is saying. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent, which means change your mind, and believe, which means have confidence in or trust it. Change your mind and trust in this good news. The good news is that you and I get to enter into Trinitarian life now. You may be saying, well, but what about the part about going to heaven when you die? Count on it. (laughs) Bank on it. If God wants to have an interactive life with you now, to be intimately connected to your life right now. He wants to do it for eternity. So, 
It's a part of the gospel. But the gospel is about living a certain kind of life right now, right now, right here. And this is an opportunity that is unbelievable when you think about it. It is the opportunity for you and I to take our little lives and integrate them into the presence of the Trinity, that God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are now intimately connected to every aspect of my life. What does that mean? The kingdom of God is the with God life. That's the simplest way to explain what the kingdom is. It's the with God life. It is an invitation for you and I to experience God's presence, God's power, God's protection, and God's provision in our lives. Every single day, every aspect of our lives, from the way we deal with our finances or our relationships, parenting if you're a parent, going to school if you're a student, your job, your work life, every single dimension of your life matters to God. And God wants to be intimately involved in everything that you do. The gospel is for this life as well as the next. Have you heard the good news? The good news is God wants to be a part of your life. And I hope and pray that this next year will be a year in which you have incredible breakthroughs, where you begin to experience the manifest presence of God. This year, I want to talk about how do we learn to hear God? How do we listen to God's voice? How does God speak to us? How do I develop that, as Dallas Willard said, that familiar friendship with Jesus, that quietly transforming friendship of Jesus? How do we develop that? That's going to be a theme for this year. And we'll talk about practices, practices for the beloved. How do those of us who also hear that voice say, this is my beloved son, my beloved daughter. What are the things that we do to nurture that, to encourage that, to create space for God? Because God is not going to knock us over. God will speak to us and does speak to us, but we have to be ready to listen. And we have to do the things necessary that will involve being quiet, Certain practices, solitude, for example, where we're in a space where we really listened to what God has for us. That is the good news. You and I have been invited to be immersed in Trinitarian reality, to have the presence, power, protection, and provision of God in every aspect of our lives. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Hey folks, I want to let you know about a recent development here at Friends University where I teach. 
We have an undergraduate degree program in Christian spiritual formation, a Bachelor of Arts degree, that's both a first and a second major. Now, I teach in this program, as well as some other amazing professors, and I am pleased to announce that Friends University is offering an amazing scholarship of up to $18,000 per year to students interested in studying Christian formation as a part of their college experience. In addition to this amazing scholarship, there'll be hands-on learning with ministry leaders, working with me and others, and great opportunities for internships. Again, this is for both a first major, those who plan on going into ministry, as well as those seeking it as a second major, meaning those who are going to become accountants or therapists or graphic designers or teachers or engineers, any number of other vocations, but they also want to grow in their spiritual lives while in college and get a pretty big scholarship to help pay for college. So if you know someone who would benefit from a degree like this, check out our website, apprenticeinstitute.org, and click on the Friends University tab. Again, apprenticeinstitute.org, and click on the Friends University tab. I hope you join me next time. Until then, you can find me on Twitter and Facebook at James Brian Smith. And you can learn more about this podcast. And if you'd like to donate to the Things Above podcast, you can do so on our website, apprenticeinstitute.org. Click the Donate Now button at the top of the page. It's really easy, and it would mean a lot to me. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with a friend, and you can also subscribe, which means you're going to get them automatically each week. My hope, as always, is that one day if you're asked, what's on your mind? Your answer will be, things above. <laughs>